You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation is a 2% for conservation certified business. And on August 21st, you can join other conservationists all over the world in supporting Community Conservation Day. It's a day for anyone to give their time and or dollars back to their local ecosystems and favorite conservation causes. For more information on how you can participate, visit fishandwildlife.org. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Oh, here we are. Another late night podcast. Late night podcast. Adam here. Matt's here. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock at night. So let's <laughs> roll through this quickly. And we're going to put oh. this, hold on, on double speed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, this is... Um, Quick shout out. Stratton yeah. Seed helps make this podcast possible. Stratton yeah. orders are coming through like crazy. I want to point out, guys, uh, for my poor wife's um, sake. sake, is when you order seed from our store... Online store, shoplandlegacy.com. Because of our platform, there's two options. Either a set amount for shipping or free. So it says free shipping. And then if you see the red letters, um, anytime there's red letters, it's important. That's right. But the red letters on our site are um, telling you that it says free shipping, but a separate shipping quote will be sent. So... When you order seed, mm-hmm. it w- you need to click the free shipping tab and then expect an email follow-up within the f- a day or two of a shipping invoice. So, so when so you purchase a seed, and it varies, the reason for this is because it could be four pounds from Revival or 4.25 to a pallet of soybeans being shipped. Massive weight difference there. Massive weight difference. And so it's very hard, and they use... Two or three different shipping third-party providers, XPO, UPS, FedEx, something so, like that. So basically that. what you're saying is people select their seed, select their shipping option. They'll pay for the seed, yeah. right? They'll pay for the seed, but you need to expect an additional shipping quote once the quote has been run to find you the cheapest option. That will yeah. follow up if you click the free yeah. option. That's right. But you got to read those red letters because it's not... Got to read those red letters because it's not just free shipping. And and the reason for that and why you might see free shipping elsewhere is because the retail price is not high enough to build in the, the shipping. On some of those other uh, seed companies, it's just like we talked about last week, it's, it's way up there. Yeah, And it's yeah. the same. It's probably the same seed or very similar traits and varieties <laughs> and things. And, so. and if, it, if it could get to your door for 
let's just say $5 extra per bag, why would you want to be spending 30 extra dollars a bag? Right? Yeah. That that's why the variance on some competitors is so high yeah. if it's a free option of, of yeah. shipping. So you order seed on our site, you're gonna pay for the seed, you're gonna have a free shipping at the bottom. And then it'll then within a little while you'll get another invoice and you pay that and that's confirming that you want the shipping paid or that you want the seed shipped. Unfortunately, due to COVID shipping costs have gone up maybe it's inflation i don't know shipping is more expensive this year than it was last year and years previously so if you don't like it we can give you a full refund but ultimately at the end of the day the best thing to do is become a dealer and nobody makes money on the shipping on the shipping yeah so there you go except for the third party except for the third party now that the housekeeping now the housekeeping items are out of the way um (sighs) that's some exciting exciting news to share so, <clears throat> how long ago was it that you guys closed? January? February. It was February? Yeah. Okay. February. It was right around my anniversary. Okay. So, you guys closed on a property, and honestly, that was probably- Which I want to note that my anniversary is February the 7th, and I don't know when we bought the farm. So, whether my wife wants to important. say I put more value on the yeah. farm than our anniversary, I don't, because I can remember our anniversary. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm going to send this clip to her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to get you some brownie points. Um, so that was happening then, or really about the same time, I guess. It it, yeah. it would have been um, an opportunity came up um, that basically my wife and I looked at um, not far from your guys' family farm. So really yep. it's my 15 minutes away from... Prairie Hollow property, the farm, yep. and then another 15 minutes away from the the 160 that at least last year, a house and Man, 15 minutes? Is that all? Yeah. You drive fast. That gun right. <laughs> Got to go hunting. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, 15 minutes. It's right there. I mean, it's, I, it's four or five minutes into Hartville. It's, yeah. not, it's not far. It's just down the hill and right back up. Yeah. It ain't, okay. it ain't, it ain't far. So... Um. Yeah, situated really nicely. Anyhow, um, opportunity came up for my wife and I to be able to buy a house that sits on 35 acres. And so we had been looking um, to move out of where we're at now and saw this wonderful opportunity. Anyhow, got on a contract, recently just closed, took possession. And what the cool part is... And I, I, I guess the whole reason for the podcast is it's 35 acres. And with th- a house. W- yeah, with a house. And barn. <coughs> neighbors, neighbors. Right on the line. Yep. Um, in, and in the a, house is in kind of the south much, central, right? Pretty much south central, yeah. yeah. Um, situated really, if, if, I were, if there was no house involved, I would not put the house there for wildlife movement aspects however it is where it is but but what's neat about this is is not only to have a family there but to do all the cool stuff um in the country on your own piece but we're going to utilize this thing to really make and see how good 35 acres can get in an area that is heavily hunted yeah heavily cow pasture and absolute junk timber pretty much around it 
Nobody's yep. managing anything around no. it. It is it is in an you area just, that is describe USA pretty everyday much USA. Yeah. So so the goal for this thirty five acres, and I and I say thirty five because that's the total property. But there's there's six acres up front that really will will not be part of the overall. I'm going to say wildlife devoted acres to the property. Um, they're going to remain. They're they're fenced and will. Um, probably have some cows in there at, at some point but the rest of the property is going to be heavily managed with lots of different features that we always talk about in the podcast and the goal beyond living there is to see just how good the techniques that we talk about are going to apply on a small property and we have a lot of clients who own I mean, from 11 acres to 35 acres. Yeah. That's a window that we we consult with often. And um, and that gummit, they, they're successful yeah. on, on their own um, properties. And, we'll go and, back and, to one of the first years with the 24-acre <coughs> one that we were like, yikes, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Had a shop on it. Mm-hmm. Very active shop, work, yep. work area. And yep. then they killed three really good deer on it. Yeah, really good deer. <laughs> like a couple one sixties <laughs> and a one forty. Yeah, it's like you're kidding me oh. on that twenty four. Oh, okay, I I see. And almost all was timber except for the meandering food plots along yep. the roadway all through it. So, yeah, how many is thirty five acres? Yep. Put an acre around the house. Yep. And then how many acres of open? What the landowner? Thirteen and a half open. Okay. I'm gonna say thirteen Is to fourteen. Is that counting acres. the old field area? No. Okay. It's not counting that. So it's it's it would be additional. There's quite a bit of maintenance to do on the old field. Let's call it. But yeah. true open ground right now is is like fourteen, um, fourteen acres. Again, six of that is gonna stay fenced. Of course, I'm gonna have diversify pastures and add legumes yeah. and everything to to that. Pretty much just a a fescue base right now. Yeah. Um. But Outside of that, the rest will be managed for wildlife. Um, and there—that's the cool thing. There's there's another seven and a half acres that bare open landscape. It's just a backfield that backs up right to a property line. Which yeah. okay, there's an added element of of oh okay. So With do I want to put food right there? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You could you could, you know there's people who hunt right back there. Yeah. Um, and so that's an added added element of management um, to making this layout try and be as as yeah I want to be as successful as possible on it. So building in some um, travel corridors that will improve my success. But I would say there's another four four acres of old field. Let's just call it abandoned field because we we don't want to confuse people now. It's a mixture of broom sedge, some fescue, um, annual weeds, and cedars back in the back. That will slowly be transitioned. I say slowly because I'm not going to spray fescue right now. But this fall and winter, that whole back section. Well, what is it right now? Is it it's dominating tall fescue? Yeah, I mean it's a big component. Yeah, yeah. And quite a bit of broom sedge, um, but quite a bit of cedar, yeah. like along the whole boundary edge of that field. The whole field is, there's a couple of biggins 
scattered throughout that four and a half or so acres. Um, but that place will be converted, fescue treated, cedars cut, and left to just be managed as old field, as diverse as possible with whatever will come back. Um, and then adjacent to that, so a couple other features of the property, that field, old fields, kind of goes up to the northwest corner. There's a saddle in the timber and then transitions right into the corner. Just off that saddle and to the east of this old field, there's a big ravine that cuts through the south-central portion of the property. And it runs north and south and goes right up to the, the north line. And between that big um, creek bottom, that drainage, and up to the old field is just gradual... Um, grade of timber but it's east and south a little bit of north in there facing slope i would estimate two and a half to three acres is going to be cut hard yeah <laughs> and it's just going to run right into that that uh old field unit there there's not going to be let's say this distinct line anymore of what what is old field let's say on a map old field to bedding thicket because it naturally melts together with those cedars that are going to get cut, and then it kind of transitions into timber. But anyhow, from halfway up that drainage all the way to that old field is going to get hammered. It's really low-quality timber. Um, there's been livestock in there before, long before. Um, that's going to be a lot of centralized bedding on this place. Yeah. Really? I think we we probably max most bedding thickets out on average as an acre and a half i'd say that's yeah. typically how i lay a them lot out. Of, a lot of them that i see are a half acre to three quarters of an acre yeah that that would be i'd say three quarters probably average for what actually gets yeah. prescribed this is big this is going to take some time to create but at the same and time you're going to do that this summer right yes yeah yes i want that i want all those canopies with leaves on them yeah. <laughs> this fall because i'm not gonna get regeneration you know what I mean? Like you I'm, might get some if you a, a little now. bit. Yeah. Um, I got a house paint. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know those. You're not even gonna. Get you this know those done. troubles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even gonna get this done until next winter. So that's gonna get cut. So there's at least some benefit to having the canopies down, cover in there, some hopefully regeneration, uh, sunlight, and everything in there. So that is the plan to have that opened up for the fall. Um, and I probably will drop the cedars and everything too, and then just spray around it. Well, I was going to ask if it's just straight fescue, who cares? If it was just straight fescue, I would, I would, but, um, and I know this sounds crazy, but I guess we took possession just a couple days ago. I haven't walked back to that back corner yet, so I haven't seen it in the growing season, um, just to see how diverse it is. If it is a straight fescue or 70, 80% fescue, oh, I'm spraying it this summer. Yeah, I was going like, to say, it, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm going to kill what yeah. I want to kill with with glyphosate. So that that could be toast if it's not as diverse as what I think it could be yeah. um, in the growing season. So back to the bedding thicket, this three acres is going to be substantial, but I think it has to be to have the benefit and the impact that we want to have the impact showing these techniques in this given area. And that's the, really, that's the only place to really <sighs> put a good one in it. Yeah. I you could, can't. I could come closer to the house 
and in between the house and then the barn. But it gets awfully close. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be, I think it's more valuable to have it way more centralized and larger of a unit than it would be to have one half the size and split it. Yeah. Because when it's split, then that is going to decrease my access to get around to the top side to hunt the big one. So let me ask you this. It's a new property, 35 <coughs> acres. Let's just say 30 acres that you're managing specifically for deer. Sure. What's priority number one? Oh, that bedding thing is priority number one. But you got five acres to put food in. Yeah. I got. I probably have six or seven. Yeah. I'd rather hunt cover. So why? Okay. <laughs> I agree with yeah. you, but I want people totally. to understand sure. the emphasis on cover. I can't expect. Because I know what happens. You go out and you turn that five acres into beautiful, I mean, it's waist high soybeans with pods. Oh, yeah. Nighttime activity. Yeah. They're, I'm going, I'm, why aren't they getting here? Or why are they so nocturnal? I because may have, they're coming from a half a mile away. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest difference. That I could make, because there's not ag around, right? I could make this fantastic destination food source, which will happen, but I can make that and still not be able to benefit because I don't have the cover to hold them that tight to that type of resource. So so let's say I put cameras out and this summer I had that five acres planted and I get pictures of, let's say, two or three good ones, right? Yeah. And they're all nighttime. Yeah. Nighttime be, in the summer. It's horrid. I can almost guarantee you it's nighttime in the fall. Horrid, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't get excited about that. Now, if I cut, I would, so let's play this situation out. I would much rather have three acres of bedding cut in and daylight activity in the summer, early fall, fall and winter of one big deer versus four big deer nighttime in the summer. Yeah. By far. So to be able to create that, you first have to build the bedroom and and then you build off the bedroom. Yeah. There are some sweet little pinch points and areas that I think will easily be able to, to be accessed from a hunting standpoint um, with the layout of the old field, as well as the, the larger bedding thicket. I won't ever be able to hunt in the center of it. Like that's just going to be anyway, isn't it? Or the bedding uh, thicket, the bedding thicket. Oh, okay. I won't be able to hunt in the center of it um, because it's just going to be, I would expect deer to come from every single direction. There's no way to get into it safely. There's no way to get out. But you have, as a small property, you kind of have to pick some of the ways you hunt that very, very wisely from the beginning before you go in and manage and put in these these semi-permanent um, type of uh, plant communities. Yeah. I. I would much much rather have that bigger influence to pull around me, suck them to the food, and then hunt the fringes of the bedding rather than be smack dab in the center of it. Because I want it to be secure at the same time. Yeah. I'd rather hold a, a lot more deer than try to be able to squeeze in the middle on a, on a certain wind and, and make it work. What I can do, though, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure of, is the drain. If that three acres is cut and it's on the west side of the drain with a rifle, I think I could easily hunt 
in the center of the property on the east side of the slope and shoot across the drain. Gotcha. And still be able to see the 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 I, cut itself. I, I think it's that's a, as close as I that, would get. That to quality it. cover is a great example of why guys. You see it a lot in northern states, places parceled up, smaller parcel sizes. Yeah. But I think that's why a lot of guys in that fifty acre and less range, home in some acres, kill some nice deer is because. When they're just managing that, they're like, okay, well, I know I need quality cover. I know yep. I need quality food. I know I need qual- quality transitional or, or, or bottlenecks. I know I need f- diversified food. I know yep. I need diversified cover. And all of a sudden, on that acreage, they're doing things and providing things that guys with larger acreage aren't even doing because it's too much for them or they're doing it, but it's dotted around and they're not brought in spatially close or close in space, close in distance to where when a deer is bedded on the the five acres in the back, but Mm -hmm. he only has to walk a hundred yards, get to the food. There's a better chance of that. I'm in the ships every night. Yeah. If he does that, if he, if he's bedded on your place, there's a very good chance that you'll get to see him. Yeah. I, I, it, it would just be a matter of time before I would have an opportunity. Now, if he's coming through other people's property that are hunting, yeah, my de- my chances decrease yeah. greatly. So I have yeah. to I have to hold that deer, um, and so that's the that's the purpose and intent of doing it. And the the layout is not just going to be let's say three acres in the the center. I'm making sure that. With the with the layout of the old field, the way what is a fescue field now will transition into a food plot later on this summer, the way it curves around, the drainage, all these features, there's a nice bench that comes out what will be the center of the, the bedding thicket and works around the top side close to the house but off the ledge and, and will feed into another portion of the property. It's not just a haphazard, oh, let's like stamp out our cookie cutter three acres here. There's going to be some intentional, let's say, shaping of it so I can create and get to probably one of the best um, features or pinch points on the property. So as that old field next down to the, um, into the, let's call it the food plot area, the large food plot in the back, I have to be able to get there. Yeah, because that's that's just going to be one of the best spots. You can hunt it with the northwest, maybe north wind, but really northwest would be wonderful. Blow it right back to the house. So, let's say out of all of our podcasts, over three hundred, we talk a lot of different habitat techniques. So, old field management check. Yeah, edge feathering check. I haven't mentioned it yet, but it will be there. Check. Like th- that's that was like getting to that one confluence where the old field food plot come in yeah. together and then the bedding thicket's going to be it's going to start 80 yards in through there yeah. i have to be able to get to that point yeah. and so i can't have deer even though the bedding thicket will extend a little bit south of me i can't have them come back behind me so that's where yeah. edge feathering is going to come into play yeah so edge feathering invasive old species field, removal <laughs> invasive species removal young forest or bedding thicket uh-huh, uh-huh. um Diversified food plots. So you'll have yeah. perennial yep. food. You'll have annual yep. food. Yep. And by perennial, it's going to be clover, chicory, alfalfa mix. Yep. Uh, annual is going to be turnips, cereal grains, different Heritage. things. 
Yeah. You'll have summer annuals, mm-hmm. heritage. Um, but in, in as water. Much as, what about water? There's, a, a, there's a small. Yep. There's a pond. Do you um, have anything over in that conjunction, or are you going to there get will. anything? Okay. There's so the conjunction. It's water not only tank, the right? the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not only the uh, conjunction of the habitat that that ma- is going to make that place good. Yeah. There's a little low spot in the field. Yeah. And there can be and will be a small wildlife pond right there between yeah. basically between the bedding in the timber and the old field food plot corner, ah, which will then be, be really right. nice if you get that done this summer. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So I have this <laughs> obnoxious dirt pile kind of close to the house. I'm like, and it's it's a lot of clay. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to get that thing moved like yeah. yesterday. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, my wheels are already spinning on, on Try utilizing it. Scoop out lower, yep. build up with that build clay. The, uh-huh, yeah. And collect a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, there is an existing pond. There are a couple, uh, springs, um, that, that drainage kind of wise a little bit and there's a couple seeps that go into oh, it. Oh no, that's what you fell for, huh? The listing said springs on the property. <laughs> what was it? That's springs, that... springs and, no, live water. Live water. Live yeah. water. Well, heck, if it's got live water, take my money. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me where so, to send the check. <laughs> yeah. um, what else did we talk about? We don't talk in the Midwest, down South, we don't talk about thermal cover. Um, no, there, but there's eastern red cedar. There's yeah. some big ones that are absolutely going to get cut Hammered. and dropped. Um, uh, what else? We, I, you've got, f- well, they're up near your yard. I was going to say fruit trees. Yep, yep. Are, is there any big oaks around that are going to be yep. ro- dropping acres that there's you're doing post crop oak, tree there's release? There's oaks. There, so on the, the bedding, the old field are both on the west side of that drain. Mm. That that drainage mm. is kind of centralized from, let's call it the wildlife acres. The east side of that drain it has, that's where the most of the um, invasive species are and eastern red cedar. But still on that slope, there is post oaks, there are red oaks, there are white oaks. And so that's where more of a TSI situation is going to come from because that's another also big point of access. Yeah. There's one stand opportunity that's going to be the very northwest corner in a saddle. And I've got to be able to make sure. So this is like that balance on a small place. You want to make it as good as possible with what acreage you have. So you kind of big features with the old field and, and bedding thicket and food plots. I got to make sure I get can get there. Yeah. Like I can't interfere with what's what's happening on that place um, if I want to hunt it in any t- sort of consistency. So I, I got to make sure I leave a little bit of um, room to swing around and still get to that northwest corner on the right wind. So east side of that drain is going to be more of a TSI situation. So like in a daytime, I'll be able to loop around and get there. Um, But there's bush honeysuckle. There's multiflora rose. Uh, you got to have autumn olive because that's right up that corridor. I have not seen one yet. It probably is there. Um, East, like I said, there, eastern red cedar. That's as much as I've seen so far. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the the oh Japanese honeysuckle. There's honeysuckle, yeah. Japanese honeysuckle too. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think the, the the 35 acres that chunk of property is is really digestible for a lot of people. Um, and it, I think there's probably some people who have a hunting property and then own a little bit of acreage where their house is at, 
and potentially overlook it. Oh, totally. And we've got clients, and I, I've had that very discussion yeah. with. They'll show me a picture of the buck. Like, well, I missed. I didn't have much on the farm, but look at the one I had in my backyard. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to have, and I'm going to. Yeah. But, but I'm going to be intentionally trying to create that. Yeah. And and there have been even even in a neighborhood that has poorly managed timber and fescue pastures all over the place. There's been some good deer killed in the neighborhood. Yeah. And I mean, like Boone and Crockett deer. Yeah. But on average, that doesn't happen. However, there still is that potential. So if the potential within a within a square mile um, or or two or three around me has produced that, I, I need I need to be that diamond. I need to be like that action packed, uh, dense structure that or dense dense habitat that everything's like. I remember when I ran through that in the rut. <laughs> I'm going back to that or or. Yeah. The the most dominant does. She's like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's 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 my that's my neighborhood. That's my habitat that I'm in. Um, that's what's going to be created. And hopefully, there's going to be success stories. Um, there's still a lot of new to it, but I'm confident, and you're confident in the techniques that we do. It's not necessarily a matter of if it's going to work, it's like when and how much. I think when you go into property of this, like smaller size mm-hmm. properties, you, you, it's not about going with the idea that okay, I'm going to do all this and I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the bucks bigger. No. It's really going. I'm going to make this so good that the best, that the mature buck in the neighborhood uses this. Yeah. That the 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 buck that I'm most likely hunting comes here October 20th yes. and stay and spends more time around this through the rut because this is where he feels safe. I can, I can guarantee that if there's three acres of good managed cover, that's young forest that blends into about four acres of old field. And then there's, let's just call let's just call it five acres of food plot, high quality food. That's, that's more than most farms. Yeah, totally. Offer. Like yeah. mo- b- before we step on site to most hunting properties, those acreages and let's say that that high quality of cover, native food, and 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 food plot, if it's all, let's give it a scale. If it's all an A to an A plus in a managed situation, that's a higher percentage or that's a higher acreage than most farms that we go to and see right off the bat. Yeah, and so I know that that all in close conjunction spatially, I know that's going to produce results. And so if I've got that three acres of dense cover, that much food, I'm going to summer a ton of deer. You know, watch them every single night, right out the back door. But they're not going to go anywhere in the fall, like especially the does. I'm only Mm -hmm. going to attract more with that high concentration of does as well as the high concentration of dense cover. If there's bucks in the area, which obviously there are, they're going to come through. They're going to pass through. It's, it's yeah. just a matter of time, and it's like, okay, when is that time? When is it going to hunt good? I'll still need to figure that out. But the areas are there. We're going to set forth and start to manage it in a way that it can get around it, hunt smart, put the features where they need to be, and then get where I need to be or anybody else who comes and hunts. And what 
Honestly, what I'm looking forward to the most, I think, is not having to drive so oh far my to hunt. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, I have a lot of great morning, like early morning thoughts when there's no one else texting, calling, and bothering, but I still don't like getting up at 4 a.m. Yeah, or 3.30. Or 3.30 to go yeah, and hunt. Like it's terrible. 15, 20 minutes down the road or out the back door will be, will be awesome. Honestly... Some people go look at me like crazy because we're talking about deer and, and whatnot. But honestly, one of my things I would be more looking forward to is is uh, having turkeys on the place. Yeah. Like like routinely mm-hmm. where it's not like, oh, my God, I don't see I why you wouldn't double. have a few quail around that area. It's potential. There's potential. It's got to be somewhere. I hope there, they though. like the bush honeysuckle. No. <laughs> but is it bad in places? A couple places, yeah. It huh. really is. Um I mean, I'm going to, I'm going it, to, it's a cut stump treatment and then it's going to be follow up spot sprays. It's not like mm. two or three little bushes. Gotcha. It's there. So I'll shoot, kill one in October and then just go foliar spray it this, oh, yeah. this November and be done with it. Yeah. Cause so, it's pretty easy then. It'll be sticking out like a sore thumb. Well, I'm excited, man. I, I know it's a long time coming. I know you're oh, yeah. excited to get out there. I'm envious of the drive. Well, um, there's extra rooms. <laughs> There's extra rooms for the whole family to stay. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully uh, it can inspire some people to use it. And uh, man, I need to think of like a a name that we can call it in videos or refer to it on the podcast. Yeah. Or well, I'm still trying to think of one be. for our farm. We've got my family farm and the one yeah. we bought, and they both had different names. I'm trying to find one name that captures captures it all. Yeah. I don't so. know. I got to think on that for for a while, but that way. Maybe if it's video series or, or whatever, we can we can highlight and devote some things to it. But I I want to say the goal is, but it would be certainly nice to see not only these techniques work, but at a rate or a speed that is shocking to people. Yeah. So I'm going to be working, yes, hard on the house for my wife. But yeah. outside, I want to prep it for fall. Like yeah. I, I want to try and see what we can do, um, yeah, quickly, and hopefully, right. hopefully, we'll have that success. But no, we're excited and excited to be able to share more more content uh, readily um, with everyone listening. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be out the back door, but um, it'll, be, it'll think, be neat. That's one it'll thing a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is for us on content wise videos <sighs> things because it's it's an hour and ten minutes to any farm yeah. that we hunt. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're on properties all the time, but we don't want to take time away from someone's consultation that they've paid for to go and shoot 15, 20 minutes worth of videos. Yeah. That's not right. We can't yeah. do that. So hopefully hopefully there'll be a little bit more uh, consistent videos and stuff coming out. But no, we're, we're extremely excited to, to, to see it all happen. And um, I've, there's going to be lots of transformations, we'll say. Lots of yeah. transformations. So hopefully... You guys can uh, follow along with it and see some awesome changes in the way.